Welcome to the Accredited Canadians Toolkit, your source for what's new for accredited investors. I'm your host, Sam Perrin. A friend I met back in 2003 while playing in the CGFL called me today and asked me a real estate related question. Let's call him Dave. Dave explained that he runs his practice out of a rented space and told me that his landlord recently increased his rent by 40%, citing an increase in costs. This has Dave thinking about purchasing an existing building and renovating, or building a new building and moving his practice there. I know Dave already owns a building an hour drive from where he lives, and that he keeps an office there for himself where he sees patients a couple days a week. Part of that building is rented out to someone else. Dave got a verbal quote from a local builder to build an office for his primary business for about $500,000, and he wanted to know if, in my opinion, this made sense or if he should buy an existing space and renovate. I told Dave that I am familiar with the cost of building new residential properties in BC, and that can be somewhere between $180 to $250 per square foot, but that material costs have really skyrocketed since the pandemic. For example, lumber moving from under $400 per thousand board feet in early 2020 to now closer to $1,000 per thousand board feet. I'm not familiar with the cost of building a commercial building, and I told him that a local builder in his city would be a better resource to ask for an updated quote. In my experience, on a square foot basis, it's usually cheaper to buy an existing building at the outset. But the effective purchase price is actually a lot higher than you think due to maintenance costs in the first few years of ownership, depending on the extent of renovations and upgrades needed. When comparing purchasing old versus new, red tape may be reduced with the purchase of an existing building because permits to renovate may not be needed, or those permits can be obtained much faster than when building new with a faster turnaround on inspections too. Owning an older commercial building may also make sense if it's located in an existing neighborhood with a demonstrated pattern of customer traffic to other nearby popular businesses. This will help attract potential tenants when Dave eventually retires and wants to lease the space out. The decision on staying where he's renting or on building or buying a new building really depends on Dave's local market. He'll need to assess the availability of buildings for sale or vacant lots available for sale in his desired business location, and he'll need to consider the condition of the prospective building he's looking to purchase and consider the intended use of the property. If Dave plans to operate out of that building for the next 30 years, there are long-term maintenance costs to consider. A new building will have very little maintenance costs, and an old building will have a lot of aging components that will need to be replaced in the coming years. The roof, wiring, plumbing, and building envelope are all large expenditures. And in older buildings, these have a much shorter remaining economic life. And these components were built under old building standards with building materials that may be at the end of their useful lives. Some materials like aluminum wiring, cast iron sewer pipes, or poly B supply plumbing lines are at the end of their useful life and would need to be budgeted for replacement immediately after purchase. We're going through this right now. It's difficult to obtain insurance unless uh, these uh, items are upgraded. I've been looking at commercial property for lease myself for a hair salon business, and I can tell you that as a prospective tenant, Newer buildings are more attractive from a design standpoint as well. They have better lighting with more modern designs, with better services, and that makes them more attractive aesthetically and in reducing the costs of needed tenant improvements. Commercial leases are typically triple net, meaning that the tenant is responsible for the insurance, taxes, and maintenance on top of the base rent. This means that other prospective commercial tenants will be more attracted to newer buildings because of the lower cost of maintenance. The type of building Dave buys will also dictate 
certain closing costs. GST is applicable on commercial buildings whether they are new or not, unlike residential buildings where used buildings are GST exempt. Mixed use buildings have GST applied pro rata based on the square footage of commercial space versus residential space. So buying a building with some residential units can reduce your closing costs as far as GST goes. And it may also help to reduce your investment or business risks. Speaking of risks, some of the investment risks to consider are, as an accredited professional, you need to remember your greatest asset is your future income. So should you acquire more investments where the performance of that investment depends on your future ability to work, would it be less risky to continue renting your office space and diversify your money into other types of investments with a similar or better expected return? Is there an opportunity cost to spending your investment dollars on owning your own building? Most importantly, what is your exit strategy? Business risks to consider include asking yourselves these questions. If you continue renting, could the rent increase again? Maybe you can negotiate a better long-term lease. Will you lose many customers or patients by moving locations? If you're the sole tenant of your own building, will you be able to sell or rent the building when you retire? If you're one of many tenants in a building you own, would the investment make sense if one or more of the other units became vacant? Would you be able to fill the units and manage the building yourself? And if not, is a professional property manager available? And think about would it be a problem if the other tenants knew that you were the owner? Could the potential for business disputes spill over into your practice? For example, if you took enforcement action for non-payment of rent, could the disgruntled party disrupt your office assistant or patients in your waiting room? Besides those business and investment risk questions, there are tax implications to consider if you are determined to own your own building. You should talk to your accountant to determine the best way to purchase your office building and what ownership structure to use. Should you own it in your professional corporation or in a separate holding company? To expand on this, the type of building matters when considering ownership structure. A small building where the, you are the only or majority tenant is plainly an asset used inside the business, and it's probably okay to own this inside your professional corporation. Purchasing your building inside your professional corporation can be preferred because you're investing with more money than if you pay yourself personally to use the money to set up a holding company. To see what I mean, imagine you've earned $1 in your professional corporation, which pays tax, leaving 85 cents. You can choose to have your professional corporation invest the 85 cents and have it own the investment. Alternatively, you can have the professional corporation pay you, leaving you with 55 cents in your personal name to invest personally or to fund the purchase through a new holding company. A large multi-tenant building like a strip mall or a mixed-use building with residential apartments above and storefronts on the main floor could be determined as an asset not used inside the business. And this is an important distinction. While the business risk of owning your own office may be lowered by owning a larger building, thanks to a more diversified tenant base, the future impact on your small business deduction when you sell should be considered. In 2018, changes to the SBD means that when a corporation has investment income over $50,000 a year, the active income threshold shrinks by $5 for every $1 of passive income. If you already have investment income in your professional corporation, you may not want to add a building with rental income to its investments. While you can use capital cost allowance to depreciate the building and reduce net income of the building to zero for most of the time that you own the investment, when you eventually do sell, the depreciation you enjoyed is recaptured. 
If you sell in a fiscal year that you are still working and your taxable gain is over $50,000, you would erode your small business deduction on all of your earned income and pay a lot higher tax that year compared to if you held the investment in a separate hold co. It's up to you and your accountant to decide if the reduced business risk is worth the future potential for higher taxes. Or maybe you can time the closing date for the sale of that building for when you want to take a sabbatical or retire or take time off to raise your young kids. But nothing in life ever goes exactly as planned, so of course that's one of the risks to consider. In summary, buying a building to operate your practice out of is an individual choice and it depends on a lot of personal factors. The added complexity of owning the building you practice out of should produce a corresponding return on investment high enough to make it worthwhile. Get professional advice, do your own research and run the numbers. The path is in the math. Thanks Dave for a great question. If you have a question of broad interest that you'd like answered on the ACT podcast, please email question at actpodcast.website. That's question at actpodcast.website. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you again tomorrow.